Holy shit, what's up? It is the Low Life Podcast. Uh, I'm Coin Ops Miguel Acati. Um, we are sitting here on USA Birthday Eve uh, on our several attempt at trying to record this episode. <laughs> and I am uh, once again joined by our uh, good friend, everybody's friend, Zero. Welcome back. Welcome back, gentle listeners. Yes, uh, it's been it's been a minute. Uh, it's been a minute. We've had some some hardware problems, then we had some some meatware problems, but we're back. We're here. And um, uh, originally, we had planned to do the episode on on one topic, but hold on one second. Is uh, that is what? what is that boom? Is that your uh, is that is that your mic arm? I'm going to keep this in. This is all behind the scenes stuff. I'm hearing like a boom every couple seconds. I didn't hear that. Oh, it's weird. Maybe it's, it's gone. gone. It's gone now. Maybe it's impending doom. I don't know, but we'll press on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we had intentionally, uh, originally intended to have a subject for this uh, episode, but uh, accelerationism is a thing and a lot of news happens. So we're going to have a, a little bite-sized uh, commentary on some of the news that's been going on lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, since I'm the kind of person that knows a, a little bit about a lot of different things, uh, what I like to do is surround myself with uh, friends and allies who know more about things than I do, so I can seem um, uh, intelligent by association. So tonight, uh, uh, we just invited a friend of mine, and we'll call him Darkstar. Um, Darkstar, uh, welcome. Thank you very much, Zero. Uh, this is Darkstar. It's an honor to be here, and I look forward to the show, fellas. Uh, is a buddy of mine. Uh, we've been friends for about eight years now, I think. Uh, he's... Uh, a veteran. He's a, a lawyer. He used to work in the contracting field, so he knows a lot about the different things we're going to be talking about today. Uh, anything else you want to say about yourself before we um, sort of uh, set up yes. the talk for time? Um, I think you uh, did a good introduction of the Mile High version. I'm a uh, I'm a combat veteran. I was in the Great War, uh, the Iraq War. Maybe not so great. Good. Three out of five stars. Um, was wounded pretty badly in that became a defense contractor after getting medically retired was a defense contractor for eight years and went to law school at night in uh, the district of Columbia and I've been practicing law now for 11 years right on well welcome man Thanks. Yeah, so a, he, he knows a thing or two more than I certainly do and we like to have his perspective the other thing that I'll mention for our listeners uh Darkstar and I are both breeders. It's true. Uh, you may hear some children in the background, either my children or his own children. Uh, how can you have children in this economy, you say, uh, zero? Well, the truth of the matter is that I have it on good authority that once we get to the uh, refugee camps, you will have a better water ration if you have more progeny to be drafted into the water wars. So, See, that was something I never thought of. That was my plan the entire time. That's uh, my strategy. Oh, fucked. Once we become climate refugees, I'm going to be living large. Yeah, I'm going to have to just steal the catalytic converters, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a little discombobulated, working on a little bit less sleep because uh, our our baby's having a little trouble sleeping. But um, and your baby's very new. Uh, yeah, about four weeks now, I guess. But yeah. uh, I'm two Vietnamese coffees in. Uh, the nice thing about living in the DC metro area is that after our wars, we go about collecting diasporas of other cultures and i live in the middle of a vietnamese uh expatriate neighborhood and i have excellent uh coffee options that's proper i find the trick to getting uh over the kids sleep issue is to get a loud enough ceiling fan 
You won't even hear him. Oh, good lord. So, uh, yeah, I, basically, we, we were... Oh, God, this whole thing started when I was listening to the day they were, like, indicting Trump. And they <laughs> mentioned... Uh, it was, like, a CBS. I was going to try to get the audio clip for it. I just never got around to it because I was in the midst of also getting a new computer, which is this being recorded on, finally. Woo! But Aforementioned hardware problems. Yes, yes. The other one's just sitting over there like a defused Claymore. Um how can you even stand looking at it? It's like embarrassing. Oh, no, right? I no. It, it, oh god, it 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 worked so hard for me. <laughs> I I have an affinity for it. I I just want to make it not explode. I, I want to get the battery out of it and then like because I backed it up. I want to just I don't know. Maybe give it to like Apple to look at and be like, see, <laughs> see what has become of your you know. But um, reverse engineer this one. You did something good. It was, yeah. Uh, anyhow, but uh, I'm watching this thing, and this lady's going through like all the stuff that they got, all these these documents that like Trump had apparently. And, and um, at one point, I'm just kind of it's in the background. I'm like, I'm not paying attention. I'm, I'm like reading a book or whatever, and suddenly I hear the words "talent keyhole," and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I haven't heard those two words together since fella on like. I was a kid and like somebody my uncle knew on Wright Pat Air Force Base. It's like, oh, you want to see something cool, man? Look that stuff up. Those pictures are awesome. And I like remembered it as being like a spy satellite system. So now I was like, oh, shit, is he giving up information on our satellites themselves? But no, (laughs) it was probably just pictures and stuff like that. And then this snowballed into us just wanting to talk about like the indictments in general. And Zero was like, hey, I got a buddy who's a lawyer. So we want to just pick his brain. Like, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. In fact, um, you may not have picked up on that over the course of the last hundred and some episodes, but like, explain it to me. Like, you know, like that's just... at, at the start of it, you know, I wanted to see, is this something that they're just completely blowing out of proportion? Cause they do that all the time. And then yeah. just, I took a brief look at the names of the documents. And again, I'm not a super intelligence guy, um, but I started looking at it and said, wow, this is, this is, uh, looks like some deep shit. Yeah. It looks like some important shit. So, uh, that, that's one of the reasons why I first reached out to dark star to kind of guide me through it. Yeah. Well, my initial contention with this after, uh, broke the news was that, uh, if you ask people and they have to answer honestly, kind of like if you ask a group of people, have you ever driven well under the influence of alcohol? And they have to answer honestly, yeah. have you ever mishandled classified information? or secret information of any kind. If they've ever had a secret clearance, the chances are that they probably have because yeah. it's very easy to mishandle. But that's different than what has happened here. Um, what has happened here is a uh, intentionally uh, retaining not just a few things, not a map from a battle that you accidentally left in a duffel bag, but we're talking about thousands and thousands of documents, rooms full of documents oh, God, um, yeah. that are, are top secret. The other thing, too, is because when I first heard about the story, I thought, is this something by accident? Because everybody does this. And the the week after, you know, Biden got caught with some stuff in his garage and Pence likewise. But then, like, you look at it, it's no, no, there was there was intent here. There's not a mistake. We now have him on recording and talking about it. Uh, So we know that he was doing the wrong thing and doing it on purpose. He he is dead to rights when it comes to having broken some very important laws. Um, But that that doesn't mean he's going to be found guilty by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, even in that recording, the the two people, the two ladies that were in the room with him, I think were doing a biography on Mark Milley. 
And he's like flipping his paper around. He's just like, oh, yeah, you look at this. You know, I could have declassified this. You know, this is actually still classified, you know. And the one uh, the one lady says, oh, that's a problem. Like, <laughs> like you can hear her side eye through the mic, you know, like just, oh, shit. Um, it, it, it was like, well, Kid Rock. <laughs> Yeah, that so that that's the part of it that just like blows blows my mind is uh, other people around him are realizing how hot this is, and he's just like, yeah, you know, it's Look something I cool could have done. Uh. Well, there's some there's some legally tricky aspects to it too, because the War Powers Act gives the president the right to read anybody in that he wants to. Mm-hmm. It gives him the right to classify or declassify anything he wants to. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think that is the same as saying that he can, with the power of his mind, simply decide that something <laughs> is declassified. Right. And I, I certainly don't think it gives him an unfettered right to uh, just be reckless with um, our country's most valuable secrets. Okay. Um, but it is it is a complex and yet at the same time simple matter. Um, like, I think an intelligent jury would find him guilty on all counts, but there aren't a lot of intelligent juries. No, no, no. And there's there's a lot of this. Oh, God. So I remember there was an old Doug Stanhope bit where he talks about jury nullification, you know, and he, he tells a real funny joke about like somebody's in there and it's this really elaborate aristocrats-esque series of events this person did. And then he's like, and then what I'd say is same thing happened to me, not guilty. And it really feels like that has morphed its way, you know, kind of into this, I don't know, weird fucking media cue landscape that we have now full of like sovereign citizens and shit who are just like, I can say whatever I want, regardless of the evidence. There's nothing you could fucking do about it because there really isn't, is there? Yeah, it's just like about interpreting what the reality of it is because we clearly have these tapes. is what it is. Oh, Um, yeah. People get to select their own reality. Yeah. It's one thing to disagree um, about a matter's meaning. It's another thing that you can't you can't agree on the basic facts of any mm. given situation. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, God. And then and, and then we have this particular SCOTUS that is obviously compromised. Oh my God! Don't. So that that was always the linchpin in in growing up in civics class and like you know. It, in seeing that everything else is so obviously corrupt or corruptible, it was like, well, the Supreme Court is the one bastion of justice and uh, impartiality in our structure of our society. But it's not true. It's not true. And you say that's that just like the rest of it. Um, you say that tongue in cheek, but the truth is, the Supreme Court used to do really great things. Yeah, one hundred percent. There is currently being undone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very much so. I mean, it just goes to show you how important it is, the people you put into the robe. Uh, We always like to pretend like judges don't make law. What a crock of shit. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, they're the ones who determine whether to apply it or not. Or what what it means. The the Constitution says what the Supreme Court says that it says. Right. And and pulling it back back around to to Trump... one of the issues in this, if you may are following this, maybe you're not, but the, the judge that they're going to go in front of is a Trump appointed judge who has yeah. in the past already kind of ruled for him in stuff mm-hmm. and who you know should be recusing themselves, but just kind of isn't. It makes all I'm, the difference in the world. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Trump was trying to get this pushed back and she said, no, nah, we're just going to get to it. 
and that can go like I have, I'm of two minds with that. One, either she's like, nah, I, I gotta, I gotta put my foot down, do the right thing, or this whole thing's gonna come undone. Or, on the other hand, she's like, I'm just gonna fucking let him go anyway. Why, why wait? But then I, I had also seen another uh, pundit, legal analyst, that was saying that this could be a ploy by her to make something else soured so that something goes and and it just something that'll go wrong in jersey because i if he still has what georgia and jersey well that's the thing about it, is in in the case in florida they've only charged him with pre- retaining these documents even right. though from the recording we hear he's clearly shown them to somebody they haven't charged him with you know uh showing them to anyone yeah uh but we do know from kid rock's uh <laughs> testimony third party story funny. that how did this one go I went Bob with the Bob, the bang, a bang. No, they. <laughs> Trump was showing him pictures and he's like, hey, dude, do you think I should be fucking looking at this? And you know what? <laughs> That's the most relatable he's ever been. I'm going to say, I've never wanted to like hand it to Kid Rock, but yeah. You get a you point, shouldn't be man. looking at this. Like, even he was like, look, I know I was born on a palatial estate and I've been trying to pull off this like weird redneck hip hop thing all this time, but. Even I know this is a bit far, sir. You know, like <laughs> that to me shows a level of palatial estate. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Know. yeah, it's like a Detroit suburban rich kid. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Snoop Dogg. It's fine, whatever. You know, it's. He, I'm more of a juggalo. If I had to pick, <laughs> if I'm going to come down on that, you know, I'm I'm way more into the juggalos. Every juggalo I've ever met has been a cool fucker. Like. Just, really nice so, so i'm like all right yeah i don't have any of your albums is. true enough yeah you know oh uh the the guys who um you know live the lifestyle of the insane clown posse icp the juggalos mm-hmm. yeah no D- dark star dark star hasn't heard doesn't know what juggalo now is. made me aware oh well, shit. If you see them out yeah. there like i just if you see one i just want you to see one by the, by, by the mafago you'll be friends for fucking ever <laughs> there's a it, there's a whole lore there and everything it's great um well so i guess the the question with the trump thing is just like with, with all this as, as ever like we've seen over and over again he's caught red-handed what's gonna happen what are mm-hmm. they gonna do uh, i can give my prediction what's gonna happen i'm hoping because they they didn't charge him with review with sh- sharing the documents in florida hopefully they will charge him in jersey but uh who knows that, that judge i guess is not favorable to him or it's not a judge who was appointed by him at least so yeah maybe he'll be held responsible people in jersey are pretty close to new york they know he's full of shit i, I don't know i think the yeah. question is uh will he get the nomination mm-hmm. and if he does then i think we can all but guarantee that he'll get a not guilty verdict mm-hmm. otherwise power forgets a dying king mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's the weirdest thing about I'd say the last two years. It's been watching like say Fox News faint and just like they, they didn't really smell blood in the water until this recent uh what Brett Beyer interview where he was literally like talking directly to Trump's face about how it's like, Oh yeah, this guy who you said he was your favorite, yeah, he totally like ratted you out on this. And he's like blah blah blah. And he's just going the, down the list of like all of the people that Trump ever said was like his favorite. And how they've like <laughs> sold him out, turned on him, are running against him, not endorsing him, you know, like, and it was like fucking kind of like, wow. Politics is an ugly business. Although, can you name anyone Trump's ever been loyal to other than Trump? No, no, not mm-hmm. a one. 
Not not even his wives or children. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I mean, here's the fun part. Like when I was in college, I had a math teacher who was a project manager on Trump Tower in Chicago. And she was cool as shit because she was just like, yeah, this motherfucker, he didn't build this. He didn't pay for this. He didn't fund this at all. He paid the uh, like 10% naming fee to get his name on the building. Mm-hmm. And he has like a couple of floors. Yeah. He doesn't own the building. He would get there eventually. But like at the time, no, fuck. And he didn't pay the construction crews. He was like super delinquent on all those payments and stuff. Yeah. It's crazy because if there's one thing Chicago and Illinois at large does, you get a hangnail, you get unemployment. Like you get disability, you get all kinds of shit. In Indiana, basically, they'll they'll look at your broken back and be like, nah, you're good. <laughs> Every project he has ever touched is littered with unpaid contractors. Everyone. Yeah, it, and it, this is before The Apprentice. This is why, like, when The Apprentice happened, everybody's like, oh, you could watch your show. I'm like, no, nah, why? Fuck you. <laughs> like, fuck this guy. I don't give a shit about him. And uh, funnily enough, it was a writer's strike, basically, that made The Apprentice possible. Yeah. I'm like really for the writer's strike, but I'm dreading like what it's going to produce like president Jimmy Fallon or some shit. Like, I don't know. It's it, it, that's a nightmare to me. Like unparalleled. Um, Jimmy Fallon is a nightmare to you as president. Can you imagine him like just giggling I mean, his way through a fucking gun works? Ugh, I don't know what he would get through. I don't know. That'd be, that'd be terrible. That'd be... Or Greg Gutfeld. Ugh. There's, there you go. There's the horse. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Anyhow. Um, well, moving on to unpalatable possible presidential nightmares in the future. Yeah. What else have we got on the news? Uh, let's see. We are. Uh, oh, yeah. This. Okay. So we're going to we're going to do these two out of order. There was a real crazy fucking week. And then. The Wagner group decided they were going to coup. But not maybe like it was one of those things where it's like Saturday morning. I get a text from a friend, uh, a a past guest on the show. Damon's like sends me this this tweet about it. And I'm sitting there going like, oh, and I kind of doze off again. And then around like 830, I get up and there's another one. And it's like same story because I didn't really register it the first time. But it's (laughs) I looked at them both and I'm like, wait, what? And then I go, you know, taking, taking my morning constitutional, doing my crossword puzzle game uh so i could just push it out and i'm i check like i get two more texts from different people like hey something's going on really fucking wild in russia <laughs> suddenly i'm putting it together it's like wait Wagner group turned around and they're heading toward moscow wait hold on wait were they supposed to is there something going on in moscow like I, like it, none of it fucking made sense to me as the day goes on, I start to begin, like, it, it just gets to a point where I'm like, oh, my God, these fucking Nazi sons of bitches are going to get ahead of, like, the some of the nuclear arsenal. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is literally a worst case scenario. What the fuck is going on? I don't like Putin, but Jesus Christ, these guys are lunatics. Yeah, Saturday and, morning, I'm sitting there look at, looking at all this in the news, and I'm just thinking, like, how, how many times in, in one person's lifetime do you have to live under the implicit threat of Russian nuclear annihilation? Not like it's going to happen, but, like, if... if Action thrillers in the 90s taught me anything. It's that at any minute now, the load clear codes are going to be up for sale in the Russian Bratva market somewhere. Well, let me just, we've been here a little over 10 years, okay? And I got to admit, it took me a while to kind of get used to the city. Like about probably about six years, frankly, before I was just like, oh, all right, all right, this is, all right, here's the cool shit, all right? And one of those revelations that happened around that time was that this is a first strike city. Mm. If things ever decide to go um, very, very spicy, I won't have to 
pay off my school loans. Yeah. So I always kind of root for it a little bit. <laughs> Just kind of. Uh, at one time, I had you know was enamored with surviving the apocalypse and becoming an, a raider. And then one at one point, I was just like, I'm just going to move closer to the city. And when that day comes, I'm just going to look east and wait for that bright flash, and it'll be all be, all be over for me. It's great. Yeah, the movie Threads did a lot to make me not want to survive it. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to survive it. No, no, it's very dirty. It's, yeah, bottle caps are not going to be a currency. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> we were like can openers and like bottle openers so yeah th- this stuff was absolutely crazy i, I had already been kind of doing a-, a weird deep dive on russian pmcs anyhow for um some some background research i'm doing for a cyberpunk campaign that we're doing uh but this stuff is just the fiction rights itself it's so wild uh so what these guys are essentially like prigozhin uh dimitri utkin the two guys that run wagner group they're privateers for Putin, essentially global privateers that go around to different conflict zones. They um, do the dirty work that needs to be done. Uh, and essentially they just kind of like look for these contracts that they can sweep into the Kremlin's, uh, you know, they started as, they, and they started as like catering logistics. Yeah. They started more like uh, like a DynCorp kind of company where they're like Chuck E. Cheese turns into Cobra. I think his biggest contract was like, <laughs> A three billion contract, three billion uh, ruble, a three billion dollar. Not sure which contract to supply the Russian uh, armed forces with food. And from there, uh, he branched out into private military corporations, which is a pretty lucrative thing in Russia for billionaires to do, for oligarchs to do. Although it's illegal, they still allow to do it on foreign soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a really weird and a- aptly named Byzantine uh, structure uh, power grab, and th- and that's kind of what we're looking at here. This is kind of a thing where. Uh, Prigozhin was worried about losing a revenue stream. The yeah. essentially the Russian state was going to privatize his uh, his uh, successful private business industry of uh, military mercenaries, and he wasn't having it. So um, he led this essentially a failed failed coup. They call it a revolution or a mutiny, but it's essentially a failed coup. You know, they started out heading towards Moscow, and everybody was saying coup d'état, coup d'état. By the time they got to Moscow, there weren't that many people in the column still doing it. And that's where they yeah. kind of realized, Prigozhin realized, Oh, I need to, I need to make a deal here. Either that or the, the vodka ran out or the cocaine ran out. I don't know, something happened. Where Their heart just wasn't in it. Yeah. I guess not enough. I, I don't like how are you, are you bored at the front? <laughs> I mean, like where you're just like, eh, let's do this now, you know, like let's turn around. And then, they got kind of waved through. I mean, they shot down, what, seven, hel- eight helicopters and a <laughs> fucking AWACS. So by the time they got to Moscow, they shot down two attack helicopters, which they say opened fire on them first. They shot down four transport planes and one military command plane that had um, now, you know, a lot of elements on board. Hold up, hold up, Matik. Didn't, wasn't there a report of like Russian forces firing on Wagner like at the very, very beginning of this? Like, uh, I think that that was the helicopters. Okay, so like that seemed to happen right around the time they decided fuck this let's turn around but that might have coincided with this news that they were basically gonna just privatize them or whatever you know or take them out take it i can't imagine they faced all that much resistance that close to moscow yeah moscow is really worried about getting invaded by its own people well the analysts that i've seen said that if he had pressed on they probably could have taken moscow itself in that day but by the time the regular army would have surrounded moscow it would have just been a slog to get him out and nobody really wanted that on Russian soil, at least. So, Well, that's the question. I mean, how would it have turned out? Uh, if you have a new 
person in power in Moscow, does that infect the entire empire? Um, the thing about it too was they weren't they weren't trying to get Putin out of power. He was very clear about saying that because he's he's Putin's boy. Right. Um, so that's not much of a coup. They're <laughs> declared. Uh, it's more like a middle management issue. A what? A middle management issue. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Essentially, he called out. I think a couple of like generals in it was something about Ministry of Defense. Yeah, it wants to remove. They wanted to remove the head of the Ministry of Defense and the general of the army because they were in several misleading Putin about the war. And he just the biggest thing was he came out on Russian television telling people mm-hmm. everything that would they've been told was a lie that this war would. Uh, was not for the reasons that they said it was for that mm. um, Putin had been misled by his generals and just like tried to make it like this thing. Like he wasn't deposing Putin, but he was trying to take over the army, but he had been playing this for a while, obviously. And mm. Rogozin himself is pretty interesting character. He, um, he was part of the uh, effort in 2016. They, he ran the Russian troll farms that were running bots that, you know, may or may not have affected the 2016 elections. Mm. And he'd been really built up by the Russian state to be this, like, you know, the most patriotic person after Putin. And his company is the one that's getting things done in uh, Ukraine now. And um, and when this all kicked off, he put that apparatus into play, apparently, mm-hmm. giving robocalls to people all over Russia, Russia saying, this is the time we're rising up against, you oh. know, the people in the MOD come out into the streets. At the same time, Russian FSB is doing robocalls to supporters of him saying, like, this is not a real thing. This is not. And Putin had to come on TV, tell the nation, this is not me. These people are treasonous. They're traitors. So the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, there's your cyberpunk angle. Apparently, this is the same kind of this is the way that Russian politics works. It's just not often that released to the public. And that that is the cyberpunk angle. Honestly, it's that um, Prigozhin put this out into the public with his control of social media in Russia with his uh, telegram channels across the world. And it's just like fascinating the way we're getting this inside look of the way things are done between these oligarchs that I don't think anyone ever really, you know, it's like admitted the Third Reich, public, like Reichstag. Most of the, most of the mental energy spent within the right or within the uh, Reichstag during world war two mm-hmm. was spent with different department heads between the SS and the members of the army fighting over who was in charge of what. Uh, and that does not surprise me. Backstab one another. Naturally. Yeah, so that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I, <clears throat> there's this, like, I, I, uh, I'm like grasping at this thought right now, but there, there's this, like, unspoken piece of knowledge I just got from this about how, like, people in Russia actually answer their fucking phones. Like, <laughs> I, I don't. Like I, there's like two people like unquestioningly I pick up the phone for you know it's like my brother my dad my mom that's it basically or T that's it and like everybody else you gotta text me and then I gotta psych myself up and drink some like like a Red Bull and then then I have to like sleep for two hours after we talk because I like I I remember how it was man you know like I have to imagine it's it's also robo texts and robo and just hidden every sure. way that they can to get to people yeah but if it comes up just some numbers I don't know I'm fucking swiping left and deleting I don't who's answering this stuff like I the other thing about it is uh, under, uh, from sources that I saw inside Russia they said that many people didn't even realize anything was happening until yeah. Putin came on air to tell the money deletes that this is not his idea and you know, everything from there downward. Uh, um, Russian media didn't report until it was all done. Right. Match. Yeah. And meanwhile, we're getting like, can we trust this 
info like all the all the tweets and the tiktoks that were going on about it it's like how to discern which one is like i don't know infosec and which one's like straight up just some propagandist you know because like as we established on an earlier episode like there's our, our army has it we, ha- we have a fucking e-girl mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. like who doesn't do this shit that's of course they have that yeah, well, I talked I mean, about it before. The way they were, uh, you can't even tell when it's being done to you, right? Yeah, there's that great Garfield meme where it says, "You are not immune to propaganda." Yeah, <laughs> one of my one of my favorites. Uh, uh, but but drilling down on these guys is like a, a just basically a, a force multiplier for Russia in a way that they can extend foreign policy without actually having to put Russian troops out there. Uh, or having contracts government approval, right? Mm-hmm. They they got contracts in in. Um, in the Middle East, they've got contracts in Africa. Uh, but what I want to know is, you know, when we have our private military contractors in a war zone, they're pretty much relegated to what, like convoy and like facility security. They don't actually go out and capture these facilities, right? I mean, they're not the same kind of mercenary. No, Can we generally, a lot on that? the trigger pullers that we have that are contractors are generally in some sort of security role. Mm-hmm. Um, they're providing. Uh, armed escorts to diplomats. That's what Blackwater did. But yeah. the vast majority of the contracting that happens in theaters is based life support services, plumbing, electricity, um, food stuffs, things like that. Um, mm. Any sort of construction that you're going to be doing there on the base is all done by contractors. That's like KBR, um, right? KBR, Dynecor, Floor. Uh, the major contract in the wars of recent past was called Log Cap. Um, and there were log cap one through, I don't know where they end and probably six, mm-hmm. but it was a multi gajillion dollar cost plus fixed fee contract. The cost plus, isn't that like when you get a flat tire and then you just leave it there and then um, cost plus would mean that they would, the contractor would be paid the cost of whatever the they're doing. Okay. Um, plus a fixed fee, which was, uh, up to a possible 2%. Okay, okay, okay. But the fee, of course, includes everybody's salaries and things yeah. like that. Parts and labor. The cost does, um, yes. Uh, but okay. it's, they're incredibly lucrative contracts. I can imagine, yeah. So the way that I read that that companies like Wagner and other Russian PMCs do this is like they'll go to the – when they went into Syria, they went to the Assad, regi- Assad regime. And Assad mm-hmm. basically said, we have these number of refinery facilities in rebel-controlled areas. You go in there and get the rebels out and secure it. And we give you 15, 20% of, you know, revenues moving here forward. And that gets swept into Wagner and eventually, you know, back up to the, to the Kremlin and to wherever else it needs to go. That's a great uh, point. But I mean, that's not the same. I mean, like, no, you know, Eric Prince is not there's getting a, a kickback from the Saudis, right? There's a competitive bidding process on contracts in the United States. Uh, they've all got to meet FAR regulations and every other kind of regulation you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, there are certain people with their past performance that are going to be more likely to win than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why uh, when they broke up the con- log cap three to go to multiple contractors, um, you really just you had the same people that changed companies from uh, from KBR to Dyncor. Badge mm. flipping. That's all that happened. Mm. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it just seems like, uh, there's a big difference in addition to that with the way that they, you know, recruit, I guess both our kind of PMCs and Russian PMCs recruit heavily from 
veterans, ideally, according to what I'm reading about Wagner, they try to recruit like guys who have special forces training, but they aren't like some kind of high speed, you know, spec ops type operation. Well, we have those two. Um, like we have triple canopy. Um, they're going to be doing stuff in Africa and all kinds of other places. They're more, more like your traditional mercenaries. Okay. But the big money that was spent, the biggest amount of money that was spent on on contracts with the the wars of Iraq and Afghanistan was with Lawcap, and that's specifically KBR, Dyncorp, Floor. Okay. Life support services, that sort of thing. Yeah, because I mean, it's something a lot of people don't think about. I think that'd be a great place to set a story, because like a lot of times, you know, you get this like kind of a war zone. It's like it's the 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 clerks thing about the plumbers and the Death Star. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like I mean, that that really is kind of a fascinating story to me. Kind of, yes. you know, just the the war is going on around you, and you just got to basically you're just trying to get a sandwich, man. You know? Yeah, I've known tons of guys that have had you know contracts like that after their deployment. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, and that's actually part of the reason, believe it or not, why we have uh, farmed out so much of what the military used to do for itself. We don't cook our own meals anymore. Right. We right. don't do our own laundry anymore. You mean you don't have those the like MREs? Because if we farm it out, where we're paying people uh, to work twelve hour or twelve hours a day um, or more for seven days a week, they're basically working two years in a year, so hmm. they get a decent uh, chunk of money to take home. The first right. ninety some thousand dollars of it is tax free. Sure. But the real reason of it is it's cheaper in the long term because these people aren't in the system forever. If you're wounded as a soldier. Right, you can get benefits for the rest of your life. Right, that's not the case if you're wounded as a as a dirty contractor. Yeah, it's a write off. Man, Precisely. Uh, but uh, I think you know, at the end of the day, uh, the aspect of this that gets me the most, just kind of like weirded out, is the the Warhammer 40k aspect of it, where most of Wagner is like penal battalions. That's their big secret. They get like uh, recruitment out yeah, of uh, prisons. And they put them up in the front line, lightly armored. They have them probe and get massacred until they find out where the, the enemy's weak points are. Right. And then they send in the veteran Wagner units to kind of clean up. That's precisely why I actually do believe some of the news I've read about um, atrocities committed by Wagner group. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Um, some of the very, very worst units in the Waffen SS were actually penal battalions. Mm. I bet. Um, yeah, you take people that were already bad dudes and then give them uh, give them a rifle and send them out in the middle of somewhere where it's like the uh, Boy Scouts with adult, without adult supervision and see what they do. And hey, it's you, just you a, know that you know that thing we put you in jail for. All right, cool. Like here's yeah, a gun. Go, go do, do that over there. And it's just a self sustaining system because what they do is they'll go in and uh, once they defeat ISIS in Syria. They'll go into the prisons, all the ISIS fighters that are still alive, and they'll take them and recruit them to go put them in their contracts in Libya. Uh, likewise, in Africa, in the Congo, they take the rebels that they defeated, you know, for uh, the dictators, and they'll go to two countries over and use them as penal battalions in, you know, the next set of oil refineries or diamond mines or whatever it is that they need to take. Mm. And it's just like, you know, what what I'm looking at here at the end of the day is. Uh, I think Prigozhin is just really a, a, a misaligned uh, uh, entrepreneur here. He's just uh, he's a disruptor in his sector, okay? And the government just like couldn't deal with it, so they want to privatize his company. And it's just you know more government overreach. Uh, they're stifling innovation in the private military corporation area, and 
you know, the, the kind of company that Wagner is, is really someone like Eric Prince's wet dream. Like he really wants to be a viceroy in some country, uh, you know, my God, you never, I never thought of him as the shittiest tech bro. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, uh, he moved fast and broke things. <laughs> well, like didn't they? Where he ended up up in uh, like Belarus, like Lukashenko brokered a fucking deal, or like that. Does that make sense? I don't feel like that makes complete sense. That doesn't make sense to anybody, and that's what they're saying. But no one knows what really happened, other than like I said, Lukashenko getting sorry, uh, Prigozhin getting cold feet at the last minute when he realized he wasn't going to pull this thing off. And I guess they somebody in you know the still Russian power one. structure. Uh, brokered a deal and, and we may never know exactly who or what because you know Putin's a strong man but there's a lot going on there that we just don't see and Prigozhin doing something like this and giving us a, a, a channel into kind of how they talk to each other over there mm-hmm. is really enlightening uh, that is kind of what you always guessed is there <laughs> as you thought it was two top generals so. um, Sergei Sarovakin and Valery Gerasimov have both yeah. not been seen in public since the Wagner group uh, attempted coup you know, check them high windows. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what you what you got to think about. It's just it's so ridiculous. It's insane to me. Like what what was he, he like? Oh, say like okay, yeah, okay. Prigozhin kind of gets what he wants, right? Like the the, the folks are going to get paid, I guess. That's that's the thing. Um, but like it also, it uh, right on, all good. Dark Star is bouncing. Yeah. Just hit mute, homie, and then this will upload when we're finished. Thanks. Thanks for being here, man. Via con Dios, brother. Hey, uh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, so much fun. Me. Well, yeah, an open invite, bud. So we'll talk to you again at some point. Cheers. <laughs> ah, that was cool. Um, so, yeah, no, this, this, it also showed like kind of, I don't know, like a dent in the armor. Like you know, Putin. Yeah, yeah. Putin's okay, like he's lost. He, he, it doesn't feel like it was like, oh wow, oh fuck. You know, they could have taken you know Moscow, and this could have been a totally because we didn't know on that Saturday. That Saturday was just like a crazy panic run. It was just anxiety ramping up slowly over the course of two hours, like an Ari Aster movie. But like, you get to thinking about it now, and it's like maybe he's not as like invulnerable as he thinks he is. Well, that's the first thing I thought. I said, but they, but they don't teach Machiavelli at the fucking KGB academy or. GRU or whatever the hell, uh, it's just it boggles the mind, and it um, exactly, it just it's the kind of thing that you you think like, oh, it couldn't be that zany, but it kind of is, and it's ridiculous. Hey, coin ops, why haven't you been working on a novel? Well, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with everyday reality. Like I, I could write like I have so many ideas for cheesy dumb shit, and I keep getting like outplayed by like I don't know. <laughs> billionaire subs i mean it's just i can't i can't i want to tell good stories about like generation ships in space you know (laughs) like uh like what's his name wrote like non-stop by brian aldis you know like stuff like that you know i always imagine that kind of i want to think big and imagine a spaceship but now i'm looking at who's in charge of that shit and i'm like it's never gonna fucking happen is it well, it's just really distracting because uh, I think I've said this before. Uh, cyberpunk is is the one genre of fiction that I've read my entire life that is becoming true. So it's hard to put down the popcorn and just like, you know, think about something else, a brighter future. Yeah, when a really weird and, and and scary one is 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 unfolding around us. Right. I I can't even. 
can't even. Well, I, you know, the whole the, speaking of this whole weird Russia thing, the Wagner thing, um, that came at the end of a week where the world was enraptured by uh, five people dying in a very small, t- like, <sighs> look, you know, this, this, we meant to record this like a, a while ago when the news wasn't so stale. So, what we're not going to do is like, don't too hard. There are 7.4 billion different memes out there that clown on this better yeah, than we possibly could. I made some of them. It's, it's harder to stay away. Um, it's, it, it's, look, here's look, the up front. I'll say, okay, uh, the headline on this story should be anarcho capitalist scheme literally implodes, surprising no one. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or the podcast episode that should be, yeah, here's coin ops talking about dipshit libertarians in the ocean again. It, 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 why it's, are they so drawn to, to the ocean? It's going to kill you. <laughs> like we, there's, there's, there's the Goldilocks zone for planets, but I also think there's like an altitude for people, <laughs> you know. And ours is literally maybe as high as you can jump, and as deep as you can swim without drowning. <laughs> if you're trying to put yourself in equipment and go down there, you better be like a billionaire psychopath like James Cameron. Okay. Cause that guy's done it and he, he knows what it takes and stuff as you could have told by just the fucking endless interviews with him after this happened. So this, this ocean gate sub, the, the Titan was, you know, intended to take people down to the Titanic, but it had one button <laughs> And it was controlled with a Logitech controller that was modified. And they monitored their shit with a a monitor that was bolted into the fucking frame of... This is such a... The more you look into this, the more ridiculous everything about it is. And it's like, how did nobody say a, a goddamn thing? But here's the thing. They did. Tons of people did. There was a fucking CBS that... Uh, What's-his-face did uh, like two years ago about this that was like... Yeah, it was a bit of a puff piece, but there were a few reaction shots where this guy, the, whoever the interviewer was, I can't remember his name. He was just like, really? You know, like, really? he was like, eh, really? Sure about that? You know, like that whole fucking Tim Robinson thing. But like he, first of all, we got to talk about carbon fiber. I'm not a material specialist, <laughs> but it's, let's talk about shapes. <laughs> a cylinder is terrible when it comes to a like a pressure profile and this is just me stepping on a can a ball a little bit harder because you know but here's the here's the thing about it the the pressure is hitting at all sides in 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 this situation and when you know you're talking the depth of the um titanic there was some engineer who said something like okay so imagine an elephant standing on your chest on one leg and on top of that elephant is another 440 elephants (laughs) And that's the weight of the pressure, you know, like right there. (sighs) This thing had a carbon fiber body that was a cylinder. And on either end, they had titanium caps that were bolted onto this thing, right? The carbon fiber isn't like machined. It's woven. And it's a a fascinating and, and a wonderful, wonderful fucking substance. But it is not intended for this. And the guy bought... It's like like a 3D printer situation, you know what I mean? The guy... I think I know. I think I heard about this. 
What's his name again? Standard Rush. Uh, so I wasn't going to do this, but his name is Stockton Rush. And Stockton Rush. That sounds like the alias for the what? Coke dealer at your prep school, okay? Hey, point off, so why don't you write fiction right now? Well, Jesus Christ, the real life names are fucking better than anything you could come up with. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, is he bought it from Boeing and it was expired material. Like, everything about this was cheaped out every step of the way when you look at the uh okay so the other thing is he was bragging to somebody oh i cut costs by buying some expired carbon fiber from boeing yeah and the guy's like huh i don't know that that's a great idea yeah well he had this one of his this like uh this this actual like engineer like an aquatic engineer uh i can't remember his name i had the image of last time we tried to record this um basically he was saying to him he's like listen look um this is bad and <laughs> what you're doing is bad and wrong and it's going to basically make like the entire like submersible it's going to be a black eye to the entire like submersible community and uh fucking stockton rush writes this really just this super bitchy email back that ends ostensibly with you're hurting my feelings by saying this <laughs> <laughs> and then you know the engineer response he's like listen you're gonna kill somebody Okay, like that's what's going to happen. And uh, he got cocky because I guess this thing was able to go down once or twice. But like, there's one window on it. You're basically looking at everything through a single camera. Like you could literally see in better resolution the things that you would see in this sub. Yeah, from what I understand is you can watch it from the screen better than you could even watch it from the tiny porthole. Like James Cameron has filmed a four billion miles of footage of the fucking titanic there's it's no shortage of really really high definition fucking footage like of that stuff and it's better than anything you would see in a submersible because it's like murky and fucked up down there you need uh god you need like like lights on it they're like forty thousand times brighter than headlights to see anything <laughs> down there because it's you know there, there's like they talk about what is it like the midnight zone and then below that's like the, the like hexen zone like it's a like nightmare these, zone yeah there's like more and more fucked up layers that like the deeper you go and <sighs> the only thing i know is that like well like the portal was rated at 1500 feet and they were like play they have to go for 1500 feet yeah this thing's supposed to go 400 4, feet or meters i don't know it's like two and a half fucking miles down it's like let it be it's a graveyard <laughs> <laughs> It's, I mean, and there's a lot of jokes about is, you know, like, yeah, well, honest to God, this was such an avoidable problem. It's hard for me to feel sympathy for anybody on that thing, except That's for the worst part of it. Well, one of these guys was like, like an adventurer, you know, and then there's this, the, the one guy, it was like his kid who was like 19. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, kind of didn't want to go kind of went for his dad because it was Father's Day. Like, Uh, it's such a shitty guilt trip way to go, man. So what that lesson there is don't do it if you don't want to do it. Okay, just don't do it and like work it out. You don't have to take to take the adventure. You don't have to do that. Yeah, there are sure things like I look, it's just so when this thing popped and they're certain it did like the Navy heard it pop. But they didn't say anything for like two or three days because they didn't want to give up that they had this equipment. And oh, it's like, wow. Okay. We're, we're already like when we're talking about it, we're like, we know. Like, of course <laughs> you do. We've seen the hunt for Red October, you know, like we've, <laughs> we've seen cartoons like we know you have this shit. Don't worry about it. Like there's stuff like we, we assume you have shit that you don't have. You know, we assume you have like hovercrafts that like are UFOs. OK, so it's 
that you're not shocking us with this. It would have been nice to not deploy like all the people out there to try to find the wreckage. Mm-hmm. Which at the time we were going to record this, they hadn't brought up yet, but they have, and they've found some human remains in it. And I can't mm-hmm. imagine there's much of it. It's just your reaction to stimuli occurs at like, like what, 25 milliseconds. Okay. So like from the image to your brain telling your, 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 your eye translating that into your brain to being like, Hey, that's the letter a it's like 25 milliseconds plus like a millisecond or two for processing. This popped at one millisecond. It was like <laughs> faster than reaction time, faster than sound. It would have just been done. And that's the only merciful thing in this. Yeah. Because I, had they run out of air slowly, that would have been terrible. Um, a fire would have been unbelievable. And these are people not sitting in seats. You know, uh, not to bring up Cameron again, but when he did like the deepest dive, he was in this like submersible thing where he first was put into a sphere and then into this like armored yeah, like, shell. Like a bathysphere. I think I remember seeing it. Yeah. Right. And it, it's it's more vertical base. It's not this like two, two little yellow submarine bullshit. It, this thing was, it's designed to go straight the fuck down and then come straight the fuck up. But here's the other thing. Like they commuted, they had no GPS. They had really no way to navigate. They it was like visual, and they're using again a controller that at one point they had to turn sideways because like left was up, <laughs> and they couldn't fix it. You know, and but they, I don't want to laugh too much. But just like, like I said, every detail you hear about this, you just you just you know, it's not one or two things. It's just so many things that are like red flags. Well, they only communicated through text messages through fucking Starlink. It's. <laughs> It, it's, <laughs> Sorry. it's hard. No, it's, it's hard. It's hard to like, listen, all I can wish of all of us is that we don't die hilariously. And this is one of those instances with, where what's funny about it isn't the death itself. It's just that the road to getting into that thing is laden with stuff that even my dumb ass would be like, you sure, man? <laughs> like, you sure about this? You know, and it's, I, I don't know. It, it, I didn't care about it because I don't really give a fuck about billionaire hobby projects. But like, this is uh, all I can say is I, I, I'm I'm all for billionaire ventures that rely heavily on the outcomes of physics. Uh, keep, yeah. keep it up. Keep, keep it up, it up gentlemen. More space planes. Oh god damn it! So you know that's those were like the big three stories, and then this past weekend. Um, we found out what happens when you don't pay uh, Google Cloud services. Um, <laughs> we watched Super Brain Genius uh, Elon Musk's Twitter. Fucking, <sighs> he tried to lie about it. He tried to say something about how, like, oh, we're throttling people's views because if you're a member, you get this many. But if you're not, and it's just views, so like it, your page would load, and then you'd be fucked. You know, like he broke his own shit again. So let me get this straight. You have a business model that relies on showing people ad imprints and you're going right. to limit how many things people can see a day. Mm-hmm. Galaxy brain genius. Yeah. So um, heads up, listener. We are fuck, by the, probably by the end of the week, not going to be on Twitter anymore. <laughs> it may not be our choice. <laughs> yeah. Either it's going to be dead or I'm, I'm just done with this shit. It's boring. Like it's it's. It's impossible for me to keep in touch with the people I follow. Like, there's a bunch of uh, cyberpunk writers that I'm going to, like, 
you know, I'll shout out like, you know, in, in an upcoming episode and stuff to be like, you know, check out their stuff because we follow them on Twitter and stuff. They barely come up and it's not, I don't look at for you. I don't give a fuck what they think I you know want. They don't know what the fuck I want. I, I spend half my time on Twitter just blocking businesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, mercifully, I never went down the, the Twitter path. I'm still of the opinion of what, what does it do? No, well, but what does it do? <laughs> what it what it used to do was allow people to report news in real time in a credible manner. And it had tons of communities that allowed people to organize and do cool things. The problem with Twitter going down is it's going to stratify us in another way. It's going to make it, it the whole thing is just billionaires buying up like, oh, hey, shit, people are using this. I'm going to buy it and destroy it. No, let me make it worse. What's imagine Twitter. OK, before and this is not the case, but imagine them before as acting like more of a service like fire departments and plumbing you know like your water treatment okay it, it was acting in that facility basically kind of like as a, as a weird sort of really brief use net it taught a lot of people to say a lot in a short amount of time and you know that's how we found out tons and tons of things <laughs> like as they were happening you know like uh we're, we're seeing footage of like wars on this and it was like just uh, the protests you know the uh the 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 uh oh god fuck there's been so many of them man it's like the, the big black lives matter one that really blew up the um freddie george floyd protests george floyd jesus fuck because there's tons i mean i'm still pissed about tamar rice you know or, and it's it's or, uh tamir rice it, like it in, in cleveland but like we're watching all this footage of shit happening in Akron, you know, like with all these cops and stuff that are still happening. Uh, I don't know if you've been keeping up on it, but Akron Police Department, uh, really fucking thugged up. <laughs> There's just tons of footage. Of them. There, there was a footage just a day or two ago of this Akron police officer pulled this guy out of his car with his infant in the back seat over like a traffic violation and just started beating the living fuck out of him. Like mm. punches, full on rotating, uh, you know, with this guy on the ground. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? you know like again as we mentioned before seeing this again i'm saying this again yeah well you know and it, like scotus has the, no credibility so why would a judge have any credibility which is what these cops think these cops straight up are acting as the judge without due process if the second they start putting hands on you and you're not resisting they need to lose their jobs judge I mean, was a parable it wasn't an example right <laughs> sheriff steven seagal <laughs> you know I mean, it's all that killology bullshit that we're going to get into in a future episode oh my god don't uh just mm, yes no, are. okay <laughs> don't have time <laughs> right now fuck out of that motherfucker but i mean you know they, so that was like some big fun news that's happening uh let's see what else i'm just trying to riff now off the top of my head oh, so, uh, so apparently i mean it's not but musk wants you to believe the musk zuck cage fight is still going on which whatever I, you know what? Maybe Who's I'll writing this shit. That's what I said. Who is writing? His mom called it off. Who's writing this shit? When you think of cyberpunk corpo wars, is it a slap fight between like Napoleon Dynamite and Urkel? Like it's just <laughs> that's just all this is, you know? It's just like like I, I feel like on some level Zuck might be like, man, I really want you guys to like me. And then there's like Musk that's like, why don't you like me? And it's just <laughs> It's because you're not acting like people like you don't fucking suffer and don't appreciate things anymore. You know, like you're not human. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you just you know, Musk's big line is like, I got one move. It's called the walrus. I just like lay on top of you. And I'm just like, 
Uh, Somebody tweeted like that's why Grimes left. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, but like, I'm sorry. It was a, I can't remember who credit to whoever said that. But I, yeah, this and now like Twitter's just it's just a shit show. Like more people have jumped ship, and it's funny. He he was like he doesn't understand irony. Like at one point he's like, man, look at how many impressions this tweet has. It has like a shit ton, like 600 and some million, you know, impressions and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, cause we're laughing at you. <laughs> so he, he still doesn't understand like what a ratio is. Cause there have been some insane ones. Uh, he had somebody where he had like 140,000 likes and the, some person said one line about him just talking shit. And it was at like 300, 400. <laughs> you know he, he's just not winning here he just has no comedic like he has no, it's just mm, i can't a, i can't even he's got to commit he's got to commit to one of the two things he's doing here one he wants to make it a viable business or two he wants to tank it so that he doesn't have to pay the saudis bar 40 billion dollars to buy it from <laughs> you know and it's like, oh god what was there was a really good one today um oh who the fuck was it it was like I was kind of surprised. Hang on, I have to find it. There, oh no, my dog just farted. That's <clears throat> Jesus Christ, bud. Okay. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. So Jonathan Blow, developer of the games Braid and The Witness, it's kind of a dickhead, and he's been like defending Musk, you know, because obviously he's a blue chip. And somebody <laughs> was talking shit about Musk, and Jonathan Blow goes, "Cool story, bro. What's your track record comparatively?" And uh, Neil Koslo says, "I've accomplished zero in the social media space, and Elon has, at this point, accomplished about negative forty billion in value." <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. It's so one of the, that. That is one of the most beautiful fucking just slings I've seen in uh, social media in a minute. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's 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 a lot right now, and it's a. Uh, just, it's just in general, you know, like people interpersonally, people we know and stuff. Everybody's going through some fucking heavy shit right now. And it's everyone take care of yourselves. Okay. You know, take care of what needs to be taken care of, and, and, you know, as things are going on, especially on, you know, this, the holiest of Patriot days. Um, yeah. I, and just remember, you can only do it with like con- concentric circles of, of, of reality you know, and if you have to walk yeah. those back to what's the most important thing to you, you know, the closest thing to your, to your heart, to your family, to what you care about, you know, and then kind of just go outward from there as you can to care more about the politics and the planet and everything else and be aware of it all, but just, you know, keep the focus in those, those central rings and until you yeah. get over it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, our, our diversity is our strength. And I, I think that, you know, to use another fun cliche, uh, rising uh, tide raises all boats. Hmm. I, you know, it's I can't remember who said it. There was this guy who had a great line where he's just like, you know, I could care less about like, what is it like the, the crenellations and contours of Einstein's brain? You know, knowing that someone of equal talent and intellect is working somewhere in a field. Yeah. And I feel the same way because I, I mean, look, listen, if you don't know a farmer, like they are the most hardworking and ingenious motherfuckers on the planet they can make shit last forever which is why it's so important right to repair exists hmm. you know and john deere tried to take that away from these i knew i knew i know some people there they were using some old shit because they could still wrench on it and that's the option because you know well the automotive industry took that away from us and they just figured you know they could extend it to the agriculture industry and nobody would complain because there's hardly any farmers left yeah, no, I mean, I remember even when I was a kid, there were tons of fucking repair shops. 
And these people, and yeah. right now I'm currently like in the market looking for one, not to fix something necessarily, but to tune up. I have a pair of turntables. So if any of you listeners out there are in the uh, Maryland, Virginia, or DC area, and you know of someone who is familiar with the technique 1200 Mark II, let me know on the Discord. All right. <laughs> um, we're, yeah, we're, I'm still going to be on Instagram and Facebook for now, but, uh, haven't gotten an invite to Blue Sky. Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, don't care. Not really looking forward to that one. To be honest, I'm hearing that uh, Mastodon's compromise. Uh, CIA sees some shit when uh, a guy was using an unencrypted version of the core of it. So I'm, I'm a little, oh, a little hazy with that. Yeah, I think I posted it in high tech or something. I must have missed that. <laughs> well, no, I saw it. And I was just like, because uh, you know, uh, Cyberpunk librarian. Was he, he's got a Mastodon, you know, I'm going to try to find my way to it because I tried logging in once and they fucked it up. Um, but that was like way back when Musk got it. I was like, well, let's see what this Mastodon thing's about. I was like, what do you mean my login won't work? I literally just said it. You know, <laughs> Funky, did I do something wrong? I could have. Make me feel old. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with simple things. But like, um, it's 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 uh you know reddit's in some shit like all, all of our places to go we fuck man there's gonna be a low-life tumbler before this is over and it's just gonna be like ai filtered images of feet i just feel like yeah we we, we we've kind of honed these tools so that we have a place to have discourse and then mm-hmm. like every five to eight years someplace where you like to interchange ideas with people gets sucky and you have to leave it. And, you know, unless we have some kind of a regulation on not making internet sucky, uh, not making it a profit motive for everything or you're the product for everything. uh, It's just, they're going to keep doing it. Well, I'm wondering, and I'm again, an idiot i'm wondering if like you like in battlefield you can like rent a server or like when you play multiplayer games certain multiplayer games one of you might host which means like one of you is like running the track if you're doing a race you know what i mean there has to be some version of it like that that can even just be in the clear it doesn't have to be like really cool underground like mesh stuff which i'm still thousand percent fucking for i'm thinking more like you, you just have a basic code and you know and then eventually like it kind of hopefully can self-moderate i think mm-hmm. we're all looking for there to be a, like a moderation team but we've seen what it does to like facebook folks yeah. it should just be easier to straight out block motherfuckers I mean, like we, we need to basically do a few very simple things. We don't need a whole lot. Somebody's being an asshole to you and it's uncalled for. And you, you don't need to be their friend. You're not. You haven't spent time with them. You don't know what their favorite food is. Who? Why do you care? Block. See you. If, if there's one thing I've learned from like Twitter at all, it was basically the tweets of uh, the Wire writer, David Simon, where he basically does the dozens on dumb shits who try to come for him. <laughs> I mean, he's talking smack about their moms. It's filthy. It's <laughs> it's like Shakespeare. <laughs> like, it's fucking unreal. And you don't have to spend time. You know what I mean? Like, you 
you don't have to. I'm not talking about running to a walled garden. If somebody actually is bringing you, for example, hey, man, maybe don't use carbon fiber on your sub. <laughs> They're not doing that out of malicious intent. They're doing that out of concern. You know, like there can be a place for discourse. There can be a place to disagree on things and try to sort out what the truth of the matter is in the middle. Or, you know, some things there is no middle. Hate to break it to you. It's like every time I hear Biden be like, we're going to reach across the aisle kind of shit. It's just like, dude, you reach across. That's not going to work to it's like the the guy whose chest opened up in the thing when he was trying to <laughs> stimulate him. Like that's what you're reaching over to. It's or reaching down into it's it's we need to solve basic problems. <laughs> you know, we need yeah. to fix the fucking the shit that makes the country go instead of getting into this stupid, like we are going to be replaced. No, you are. It's humans always replacing other humans. It's what the fuck, but we're all getting replaced dog. You know, who cares? You can't be like pasty white and and imagine a future. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. It's just, the sun (laughs) is designed to kill us. Okay. Like it's a nuclear fucking reactor. (laughs) Ah, That's why we have to wear flannel in the summer. Um, it's it's not great, man. Other than that, yeah, no. I I don't know. It don't don't scare dogs with fireworks. Yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah, just don't just stop it. Go to where they do the big pro ones. Don't don't be the neighborhood dipshit. And yeah, uh, every night my 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 kid gets woken up by some jackass hopefully blowing his hand off i i don't know it's far enough away yeah <laughs> could be what was that what's that one tweet he's like yeah you can have my fireworks when you pry them from my cold dead fingers which are over there by the curb yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, for me it always goes back to that uh I, i'm not people say it all the time you know we're just celebrating the fact that a bunch of rich white landowners didn't want to pay their taxes yeah and they didn't even wash their dicks I mean, we have to remember this. Uh, you know, this this deodorant thing only happened in the late 1900s, mid 1900s. You know, halitosis was invented by the Listerine company. Hmm. Just remember, a lot of our social mores and the ways we stink. And it used to not be that big a deal. When everybody smells, when you get a constant diet of shit, you become a connoisseur. <laughs> so, like, you know, fuck, man, I just that's why they used to like perfume wigs so much. Yeah, I understand you get really surprised what the, the human olfactory system can learn to just factor out. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. I used to live in a basement. Uh, well, stay in a basement. Uh, living with my dad and my brother in Indiana. My brother and I would get real drunk in the basement and go pee in the tub. It was just like, not the tub, but it was like the, like one of those like uh, like, uh, like service tubs, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not a good idea to do that, man. It makes the basement smell like piss. It's really <laughs> stupid. Even if you have like, you, know, you keep putting the salt in the fucking well water thing. Um, yeah, so we learned that lesson. But you, eventually you ignore it. It's not until like, say, dad comes down the steps. And he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I not to do that, you know? <laughs> we used to do that in the garage back in Ohio. We'd pee in the drain in the garage. And they would just go off to the side of the garage and sit on some rocks. So the side of their garage always smelled like piss. And we'd be DJing in the back. <laughs> soundproofed little mini machine room <laughs> and <laughs> banging techno and then occasionally one of these like plywood doors would open up you hear let's step out to the piss trough it's not even a trough it's just literally a drain in the middle of four you know big pieces of concrete and <laughs> uh, big slabs 
we get in trouble for that shit because it didn't always spill. And then we eventually learned you could pour beer on top of it. And what that does is it makes it smell worse. Um, <laughs> life hacks from coin ops. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much all we got this week. We're just happy we finally got this episode down. Uh, we're sorry it took so long. And uh, uh, speak for my own part, uh, I guess some things have come up personally. So like our release schedule is going to be wonky. And um, might not be weekly as much as we'd like to. It might be. Who knows? It depends on how you know things shake out. If we can get some guests down, um, but don't sweat it. We're not going anywhere. We're just kind of doing that flow like water thing. Take some hits. All right, we'll take. We'll hit the brakes a little bit. Make sure we get you guys a decent episode, so it's not just us being like frantic and losing our shit. And we uh, absolutely do. You know, are still going to be on the Discord. Uh, yes, I'm not going nowhere. And like, like always, I think after we do a couple episodes where we're dealing with the cyberpunk dystopian reality that we live in, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe throw something fun in like a movie review or yeah. topics uh, in literature review or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm all for it um, because it's not really escapism, especially when you're talking about cyberpunk dystopia shit. It really is just kind of like look to look over your shoulder, you know, like <laughs> a device in your hand. That's tracking you more certainly than a vaccine. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, even, even the conspiracy version of things, there's a lot of material to mine from that, especially when you're trying to write comedy. Keep waiting for JFK Jr. to come back. That's what I keep saying, man. Who's, who's writing this stuff? Because if you, if you took it to an editor, they'd be like a little less. You know, um, I'm, I'm calling it right now. Before I start DJing, as I'm recording this, but before you started listening to this, I almost certainly played "We Call Upon the Author" by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Nice. It's like, and if you haven't heard that song, definitely look it up. It's a hoot. It's very funny, and um, one of my favorite tracks. But having said that, and I hope you guys had a good weekend. I hope you have a decent week. I hope you, you know, keep your head down, keep your eyes on a swivel, and uh, you know, take care of yourselves and each other. Awesome stuff are fully functioning. Running low light.exp. System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is all heat. Please vacate the area. I repeat. Please leave. Are you even listening to me? Block three is experiencing critical ignition. That's right. System failure imminent. I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the Low Life Podcast.